1: I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk.
0: Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and I'm surprised Hitler didn't round up the toupee people.
1: And I'm Avsonensky, and believe me, I know as much about wine as the next guy.
2: And I'm Akiva Wieneker, and we don't even have a dog, but I think I have to leave this house.
0: (laughs) Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good slash 32 fans. It's a hybrid episode. I was listening to uh, the Renap episode minus one the other day, and Akiva and Rob were discussing the idea of doing uh, a weekly recap episode of Curb, an idea which they never did. And so Av and I stole the idea. Uh, instead, they have a podcast where they randomly recap season three, episode seven of various TV shows. So pretty, pretty, pretty good. We are up to season three, episode seven. We made it. The Corpse Sniffing Dog, which originally aired on October 27th, 2002. And we figured season three, episode seven, who better to bring on than Wheels wienerker And then, and I think we're all going to rant for a minute about our uh, technological and moving and, and all the various uh, COVID and all the other issues we're dealing with in our lives right now. We're all lacking in internet in our homes right now and so we all had to sort of go to other locations and find extenuating ways to record a podcast so we said you know fuck it we're combining all these into one podcast so we got one podcast this week on both um, so I'll start with my quick complaint uh, today there was a hurricane uh, ripping through uh, New York slash New Jersey and it was only there for like an hour it was like a nice day in like the early morning and a nice day in the late afternoon but in between it wreaked complete havoc and we have no power in our house And I have a nine month old pregnant wife and I have a nanny who is quarantined in on the third floor because she may or may not have COVID. So it's complete chaos in my house. And so I ran away to my parents house a few blocks away where they for some reason do have internet so that um, I can uh, record this podcast. Akiva, you moved, and you said it was the second worst day of your life.
2: What was the worst day of my life? Uh, I don't know. You said it was the second. So worst... I said other than people dying, it was probably the worst day I've had.
0: Oh, okay. Well, so what was so bad? I mean, look, moving sucks, but what, what was so particularly bad about but
2: this? So tell you have um someone with the coronavirus living in your house?
0: Well, okay. does she actually have coronavirus? I'm sure she doesn't, but Jen has decided she does, and so we have to pretend as if she does. And so I actually drove her to get a test yesterday, uh, but she doesn't get the results for three to five days. So Jen Jen has decided that she does and we're acting as if she does. And so we were already in quarantine anyway. So and now the nanny's on the third floor and we're on the first floor and we're not allowed to like go anywhere near each other. And there's no Internet and there's no air conditioning and there's no fridge. OK.
2: Uh, to answer your question, um, I – uh, yeah, we moved. It was terrible. We have a lot of stuff. And I think basically we hired a mover and he sent his friend instead and the, the guy had come and seen that we had a lot of stuff, but the second person didn't care or was not aware. So, even though we were moving just two doors down, it was a two-truck move. Like, you had to, like, fill up their truck, dump it out, and then come back for the second load. They never came back for the second load. They just gave up. <laughs> and, and even though we were up a bunch of steps, they, like, put a crane... Um so they didn't even have to like carry anything in this they carried stuff down they didn't have to carry stuff up
0: But what so, but so half your stuff what happened to the second half of your stuff
2: No we <laughs> um
0: they He's got two kids instead of four. They
2: agreed to um we have we had like this whole a room that's just storage and that was going into a standalone downstairs room that's just storage like separate from our apartment. So they agreed to take it down to the street of our first place and we had to like deal with it from there so we just had like six friends come and we're like driving stuff over it was embarrassing and chaotic and then we didn't get out it was that we were moving on the 31st like the the new person who bought our old place was wanted to move in there started construction 7 a.m Sunday morning on the 2nd so we were not out in time and you know we literally stopped for shabbat at seven o'clock many many hours away from being finished with the move And then the second it was over, 8 p.m. Saturday night, we came over. We had a few friends come over, and we were scrambling to get out. And he showed up. Like, he didn't call, but then he showed up from, like, an hour away uh, and was not annoyed, was very nice. (laughs) It was, was like, he understood, and uh, we got out by, like, 1 in the morning. And then, uh, uh, so then we were here. But they also, like, they moved. We have this... um, how do you, what would you call mere a peset in in English like a porch like just a regular porch. like porch that's outside and then um, they put stuff like hanging over onto another guy's balcony like thirty feet down um, and like I've never seen anything so dangerous and then one of the boxes almost fell on his head when they were moving and he got really mad and came upstairs and started fighting with them just everything that could go wrong went wrong they broke a lot of things it was uh, it was pretty wild so then. I don't know. And now I, now you move and it's like, okay, you have like a nice, we're moving to a better place. So that's exciting. But because of the pandemic and there's less people going to people's houses, they said uh, 16 days for no internet until the internet guy can come and flick one switch. So right now I'm, you know, uh, nobody relies more on internet than me, even though like if I'm not working or whatever. Yeah. So I don't know what to do. I'm not even a big phone guy. Like I've been on my phone. My phone charger just ripped right before we started speaking. So, like, I was like, oh, I have to use it sparingly, except...
0: You can't, like, ask the next-door neighbor to use their Wi-Fi? Because that's what I've done with my Wi-Fi. I guess I up.
2: could. I guess I could.
1: Hi, I'm your new neighbor. Can I use your Wi-Fi?
0: Yeah. They would probably say
2: yes. I, mean, I don't that, think it would...
0: That's not an unusual thing to say on the first day.
2: I don't think it would be good. I, I, I don't think it would, it would, um, reach. it would be... Yeah, I don't know if it would reach. I don't know. If... I, I don't, like, from my experience, maybe if I sat at the door, but I don't think... It's too far away. I don't think it would be good. So, yeah, this sucks, but a our, our different neighbor is having a guy come tomorrow, so I think I'm going to bribe the, the internet guy just to come to my house, so I'm sure it's like 10 minutes of time, and pay him, and just, like, once he's here, just take care of it. Which they said, they didn't say you could bribe him, but they said you can ask if he's coming next door, so.
1: Yeah, well, there's definitely a price that will get it done.
2: I'm sure, and I'm willing to pay whatever it is. He could name his price,
1: so. Maybe, like, the gravedigger last week, if you if you bribe him, he'll just let you set up the the Wi-Fi.
2: Well, that one wouldn't work. It, yeah, like my well, it didn't
1: work. work for them either. But
2: yeah, this was—I mean, I, I like—I'm not getting everything, but it was—it was, it was a, a, a bad week. And like, moving is the worst thing you could do. I don't know, moving sucks. It's like there's so many—we have hundreds of boxes, and it just upsets me how much stuff we have
1: always. And I don't know, moving is lame.
0: And uh, what's your situation?
1: Um Well, we lost power today too. Um I was home alone with one of my daughters who was home for camp because she wasn't feeling well, and. Thankfully, I had like, a little bit heads up. Other people told me they were starting to lose power, so like, I quickly ran and started downloading as many shows of hers as I could onto various iPads so that way we can get through the day because otherwise it would have been a total disaster. But we survived uh, a lot of tears, but we made it through. And she, was, she was very upset that she only had like two options of shows to watch. And I'm like, you don't understand, like, you're like, way ahead of where I was on a normal day growing up. Like, Forget about a day where there's no power. Yeah, yeah. She's like, it's not fair. I only got to watch one movie and two shows today. Well, there was no power.
2: Remember the blackout in two thousand three? I think it was summer of oh three. Like that black, yeah. like the whole New York City had a blackout. Yeah, people like... were
1: like walking home from the city. But there was
2: like nothing to do. And I'm sure if that happened in the '90s, you would just like, twiddle your thumbs. It was literally nothing to do.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're, I mean, you're screwed.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was saying to my wife, like, like imagine if we didn't have smartphones, how much worse today would be. And that's really universally true. And that's true about Curb. You
2: would have guys would have had to have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh should we jump to Curb now? Yeah, we, we may as well. well. Okay. All right. So, again, season 3 episode 7, The Corpse Sniffing Dog. Akiva has, has season 3 episode 7 of Curb ever been considered for the wheel or the or the toilet bowl? I'm not know. sure fishbowl. I'm not
2: sure why Fishbowl. I'm not sure why it hasn't. It's funny because a lot of the ideas that we considered to be the entire podcast were not even willing to make like one-off episodes. Like the Curb, I Love Lucy type stuff But I don't think it was I think it's not a particularly memorable episode I think it's not one of the worst episodes But it's one of the more blah episodes Of of the whole series in my opinion And uh, I don't know, we never did it And now we probably never will
0: Hmm. Too bad Alright, so uh, why don't we uh, jump into the podcast Yep To the episode
1: So we are uh, at the uh, soon-to-be restaurant, and Larry is there meeting with a man named Phil Dunlap, uh, who is interviewing for the chef position. Uh, Of course, this is Larry's responsibility to interview the potential chef since he's running the day-to-day operations of this restaurant for some reason. And as they talk, Larry starts to feel an immediate kinship for this man as they bond over their shared bald heads. They share their war stories, comparing notes on when they each started going bald, and they lament the need to use sunscreen on a hot day, the need to avoid convertibles, and the annoying feeling that wearing a hat can be construed as a misrepresentation of your baldness. They then proceed to judge and criticize those who try to hide their baldness using toupees, transplants, plugs, and other devices rather than <laughs> just owning it, um, which I thought was a bit ahead of the curve. I feel like back then, toupees and the sort were still in vogue. And in the 20 years since this episode aired, I feel like people who go bald just basically own it these days, and it's okay to be bald.
0: Well, and on the very last episode, we
1: saw Larry with a toupee, and I thought that he was that 's true.
0: Good. No yeah, but
1: like it's just team like team, I right. feel like this just like isn't really a thing anymore. People are just like if you're bald, you're bald. It's fine. Yeah. Akiva, nothing to say. <laughs>
2: I don't know what kind of podcast is this. You don't throw it to me. You just like I got to chime in. It's your show. We're you talking like, about hey. bald
0: people. I feel like <laughs> you always.
2: Oh boy. Oh boy. I, my my favorite toupee t- t- story uh, is there was a famous um, sort of person in camp who had a toupee and when we drive past them, the right side of the bus would scream Tou-, and the right, left side of the bus would scream pay, which probably hurt his feelings, but we were
1: kids. <laughs> yeah, it's okay when you're kids. You're allowed to. Adults, you know, counselors and teachers and stuff yeah, aren't really. Maybe people. we should all be canceled be for what we did when yeah. we were kids. I don't know. Um, so Larry says he has a special place in his heart for toupee people. He says, you know, I'm surprised Hitler didn't round up the toupee people. If I was going to be a sick megalomaniac, I would round up the people who I hated. They would be on my list. Yeah, might as well. He'd have his henchmen going around tugging at people's hair, and if it comes off, they head to the concentration camp. And Phil Dunlap seems game for this type of behavior and joking around, and Larry's basically memeing. You know, this guy is bald, he likes Holocaust jokes. Really, what more can you ask for in a chef? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) There's really, you know, these scenes, uh, compared to the last few seasons, and I have not really been rewatching the early seasons, it's very slow. There's like six scenes in this episode versus like 40 in a Modern Curve episode. That's also much longer. Like, this is a short episode of Curb. But uh, this, like, that conversation, like, the whole thing at the restaurant is so long, and just the only thing that's really memorable from it is the toupee bit. Like, it's it's such a long, and obviously the thank you, like, plays plays in later. But there's so, like, there's so many minutes dedicated in this episode to, like, this one scene. And, the, and like, the guy, you know, barely plays a factor after this. Um, it's very slow-paced compared to Modern Curb.
0: So it sounds like two minutes into the episode, you're happy that you uh, did not commit to doing 90 of these with Rob.
2: No, I mean, I like her, but I, that one of the nice things about it is it gets better and better. I mean, then it does get worse yeah. eventually, but it gets better and better for a long yeah.
1: time.
0: It's like life; it gets better, and then it gets
2: worse. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's I, I think Cur- it definitely took a while for Kerb to get its footing. Where, like, in as when Kerb is at its best, like every scene serves a purpose towards like the end game of the episode. Whereas, in I think in the earlier seasons, there are just some kind of throwaway scenes where there was something Larry David thought was amusing, and he built a scene around the joke. Yeah, well, that's fair.
2: What's been your guys' favorite episode
0: so far?
1: Mine was the the one from a few weeks ago with the Wizard of Oz theme. Yeah,
0: because you're obsessed with the Wizard of
1: Oz. Where they go to the party at uh, in, in, at Ted's house. He throws the party for his daughter. I can't remember the name of the episode.
0: Yeah, he took a risk. He took a risk. Yeah. The, you're talking about the nanny. The nanny. the Slash the nanny from hell. That's right. Yeah, yeah. so that was my 11th favorite episode so far. My favorite episode so far has been the baptism. When uh, Larry and Cheryl are late to Cheryl's sister's fiancé's baptism.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think what's the most like famous from the. I guess the Shaq one, Trick or Treat with the bald a hole.
0: Trick There's, or Treat is second on my list. Check. Yeah, that's probably the list.
2: most. That's probably the most famous of the first few seasons. A uh, beloved Ant, That's also up
0: there, but I don't know if the whole episode yeah. is really great. Yeah, the, the, that, the episode as a whole is you know average. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but, that, that, but that that obviously part that, of it that is scene is or, or even the, yeah that title is very famous. Mm-hmm. And that really speaks to an issue which I've complained about when people rank Seinfeld episodes before, which is that people think of the name of the episode like the contest well everybody knows what that is so they're going to rank it high but there might be an episode where they don't even remember the name but they actually really enjoy it and so you know Beloved Ant's an example or the restaurant of course in Seinfeld where everybody knows what the restaurant is so it's ranked highly even though it's you know it's, it's kind of a boring episode really Yeah, but the r-
2: current episode titles are very straightforward because they're not they weren't boxed in by the the thing so you can mm-hmm. have you can really have uh, you know like this is what it's about it's never like random
1: like a yeah video.
2: You know yeah, what is the so. checks like? What you know? What is there's there's a lot of things in in Seinfeld where it's like, all right, that could be six different episodes.
1: Yeah. All right. So we're with Larry and Cheryl, and they're at dinner with the Brodies uh, from a couple episodes ago. We had them in the terrorist attack where the the.
0: Well, why are we back with the Brodies anyway? We agreed they were awful. Yeah, boring. Clearly, Larry feels the same way. Like especially how he acts with Susan, like l- later in this episode. So I haven't. Why? Why are the Brodies even back at all?
1: Um, yeah, well, I mean, maybe Cheryl felt like she needed to because of the, they must have had some connection with the, uh, environmental fundraiser.
0: Uh, yeah. All right. Anyway,
1: Larry basically apologizes. He takes the blame for the whole thing and the Brodies seem eager to move on saying, forget about it. They're catching up. Susan is saying how Jakey, their son is driving them nuts because he wants a dog and they can't say no anymore. They don't know what to do. Larry suggests that Jeff has this German shepherd and he's looking to get rid of it explaining that it's a corpse sniffing dog and they got it from the fire department and he's actually an amazing dog named Oscar. He's great with kids, but (laughs) Susie wants to keep the dog, but Jeff is allergic to the dog. Um, and now since he's moving back in, Susie got it so that she would have extra security when Jeff moved out of the house. But now that he's coming back in, he's looking for a place to dump this dog. (laughs) Yeah. So the waiter brings over a bottle of wine to taste, and Stu does you know one of these typical highfalutin wine-tasting snob things. He starts smelling the cork. He swigs it around in his mouth, and he says, we need to send this bottle back because the cork is too dry, which is not something I've ever heard. Larry <laughs> thinks this is ridiculous. He takes a taste. He says it's fine. Um, the Brodies mock his unsophisticated palate as if Larry would know whether a $140 bottle of wine is good or not.
0: Yeah. Uh, Larry also, he does, uh, when Larry drinks it, he does the dramatic ah, the ah, which is, and then he asks, of course, if anyone's annoyed by it, and no one is. It's very fortunate Sammy Green isn't here. She'll be later in the episode, right? Because uh, we know how annoyed she gets when her mom does
1: this. Yeah, and to my point earlier, this was like a line where he did the ah thing where like I put it in brackets, like wondering, is this going to come back? And then when it didn't, I just crossed it out of my notes.
0: Well, it did. It just came back, you know, seven years later.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Clearly, Larry was playing the long game. He's exactly, as always. Life. Yeah. So we fast forward to dessert. Susan asks Larry for an update on the restaurant. Larry says he can't talk about it because Cheryl doesn't like to hear about his job all the time, just like when she was working, he was working on Seinfeld. She didn't want to hear about that all the time. She bores extremely easily. Yeah. So and they, push, uh, they push him along. They make him tell. He says they're opening soon. In fact, he just found a fantastic new chef today. Cheryl cuts in to say he's not fantastic. Larry just likes him because he's bald. And the reason why she knows that is because Larry said he's fantastic and he's bald. And yeah. <laughs> everyone laughs at Larry. The check arrives and the Brodies offer to pay. Larry offers to split, but they insist, no, no, no. We had our haul falling out because you were upset that we didn't pay the bill. We're going to pay. So they thank Stu. Susan kind of chimes in and says, Hey, you know, how about thanking me as well? Cheryl, of course, thanks her because Cheryl's sane. Larry refuses to thank him to thank both of them. He says, you know, Stu is the one that earns the money. He's the one who actually paid. So therefore, the person that we owe a thank you to here is Stu and Stu alone. Susan points out, well, you know, in a marriage, people share money, so therefore the money that was used to pay for this meal belonged to both of us, and therefore we're both owed a thank you. And this gets into kind of like a a gender split where, like, Cheryl and Susan are kind of on the same page that it's their money, too, and Larry and Stu kind of view it as, well, we're the ones who earned the money, so it's our money that I guess we share with our wives, but I don't really understand the position here.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, Keith, your wife doesn't work, so it's all your money, right?
2: I mean it's pretty it's funny cuz it's a pretty indefensible take because A like they probably have a joint bank account. B legally uh you know your wife would have act you know rights to you know about probably half your money. Like it, it's yeah. there's not really Especially in California. Yeah, there's not really um a leg to stand on in terms of like it's my money and I'm like so generous I let you like give you an allowance basically yeah,
1: yeah which is why this storyline I don't love um as I've said many times the, my favorite Larry plots are the ones where he's right just but being an asshole whereas there's an intellectual consistency to what he's saying that you can relate to but at the same time you're saying Larry what are you doing like this is just not the way society works just like behave the way like a normal person is yeah but here he's just like flat out wrong like he has no leg to stand on to what he's saying here
2: uh, Larry, Larry's wrong a lot, but yes. Yeah.
1: Anyway, so we head back to the restaurant, and Ted is hanging out with Michael York. Larry walks over and says, I don't like to complain, which gets a big laugh, but why are there no partitions yeah. between the urinals in the bathroom?
0: Now... Yeah, and hold on. By the way, I just want to point out, we were just saying how Larry's wrong often. Larry's 100% right about yeah, this.
1: Yeah, he's right about this, although I will point out, Keeve, in the most recent season that you uh, reviewed... There was a a design of Low- that Larry made in the women's bathroom where there were no partitions which I would say is yes. even more unusual than yours. Yes. Opinion. True. Uh
2: yeah, Larry is it's funny cuz the the show goes back to the same few themes and like yes, yeah, so Larry's obsession with like fixing the modern bathroom is up there. Um, you know, the, the same thing with like the idea of a German dog, there's a lot of jokes that sort of get recycled that they probably don't remember happened 16 years ago. 17, yeah. you know. 17 years ago, so. That's very accurate. You know, they used to say Lost has a, has like a book, I forget what they call it, like the show Bible. Yeah. Where, uh, you know, like, all right, no, can't do that because in season, not that they followed it and they probably messed stuff up, but like, Curb does not have a show Bible, you know?
0: Yeah, well, the show Bible for Curb is if you say, uh, hey, Larry, uh, this actually, you know, conflicts with something. He's like, shut the fuck up, you nerd. That's
1: probably what happens. Yeah. He's yeah. not interested. Yeah. Who
2: is this guy? Why is he talking to me? Yeah. Jeff what White- so, yeah. Garland?
1: So the manager, uh, he explains this isn't a bus station, this is a high-end restaurant, and it's actually customary in high-end restaurants not to have dividers between the urinals, which I don't Eh, think is true. That's not accurate. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, everyone seems to agree with Larry and Ted that they should add the splash guards. All of a sudden, Jeff arrives with Oscar the German Shepherd. He explains everyone the backstory that we already learned earlier from Larry. Suddenly, Oscar starts freaking out. He's digging around the kitchen for something. Larry says, you know, he is a corpse-sniffing dog. Maybe there's something underneath. And everyone gets very uneasy. Um, The cops arrive, and they think there might be a body underneath. And they're going to have to investigate. And there's really no telling how long it's going to take since they have to open up the floor.
0: Yeah, but but the, it makes no sense. Why did the cops arrive in the first place? Like, who called the cops? And by the, the idea that the authorities would require you to dig up your restaurant because a dog was barking is absurd. It's so absurd. none of this makes yeah. sense. Just
1: ignore <laughs> ignore the dog. Did uh, did either of you recognize the female cop here? No, I don't remember.
0: Oh, it's Kate Flannery who plays Meredith in The Office. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And this is the second character from The Office who this is a big role the for
2: out. her. Then, like, that's a big role to to be like the cop. Because they remember, yeah. they, she
0: doesn't even speak. Well, she doesn't even say a word. Oscar from the Office oh, okay, at least fine. had a talking role yeah, in yeah, season yeah.
2: one. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Because Os- remember, they Oscar so... was like the parking lot guy. Yeah,
2: they were like extras that became part of you know one of the biggest shows ever. Like it. Well, a but she is an extra little. here. She doesn't. She doesn't say a word. She just stands I in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So Larry and Jeff step outside. Larry's getting really nervous. He wants to pull his money out. Jeff is agrees when word gets out that there was a dead body found in this restaurant. No one's going to want to come here. The restaurant's going to be doomed. Um, He starts complaining about all of his different ailments, Richard Lewis style, um, that he's suffering because of the dog. And Larry agrees. He says, you look terrible.
0: By the way, even the fact that Jeff brought the dog made no sense except that they needed it for the story. If he's allergic to the dog, why is he carrying the dog around all day? It really doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah. well, We needed the dog to uh, sniff up in the restaurant. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Larry fills him in on the great idea he has about giving the dog to the Brodies. Um, Jeff thinks this is not going to work because Sammy's just so in love with the dog. Larry says, just explain it to her. You know, if, without the, if the dog is still here, then daddy can't be here. Jeff doesn't think that's going to fly. Yeah. Jeff so you pulls out a uh, dog whistle, and like he comes over. Larry pets him. He says, you know, this is pretty nice. You don't get a chance that often to be affectionate to something German. Yeah. It's uh, one of my favorite lines that we've had so far in the series. Yeah, it's very good. An actual dog whistle. You don't really see one of those. You You, you see dog whistles a lot on Twitter, but in the flesh. <laughs> So we're over at Jeff's house, and Jeff is taking Larry up on his advice. He's explaining to Sammy the situation. You know, you, could, you basically have to choose between your dad or the dog. And she says, well, I'm going to choose the dog because I love the dog. Yeah, Kiva. Sammy makes clear where her
0: dad ranks relative to Oscar in her family rankings. If your four kids were ranking family members, where would you rank?
2: I'd be every- last for everybody.
0: For everybody, okay.
2: <laughs> Not even close, yeah. I mean, I guess my youngest son sort of likes me, but other than that, I'd be way, way last mm. for everyone. It's it's weird that Sammy's like I guess she's she's more of a character when she's like a little kid than than now. Uh, you know there there's obviously one plotline last season when she was getting married, but uh, it is funny the idea of like someone who's on TV when they were like two and it's like all right let's just use the same character now that they're like an actual adult. Yeah. Like the same actress.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I like it though because you get to see the person grow up, right? Much like in Ob's uh, favorite movie, Boyhood, mm-hmm. Modern Family. Obviously we got to see. I mean, well a lot of sitcoms you do that so. Or you can do it like a Mad Men style, where you bring out different actors for you know every couple of years.
2: Yeah, some shows do that for sure. Yeah, we just hide the boring kids and pretend they didn't ever exist, like uh, Family Matters.
1: Yeah, exactly. Hey, my power's back on. Oh, congrats, Alf. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Rachel just was wondering what the delay was for. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry, I just was seeing texts. Um. Okay. So we are back at the restaurant and all the re- the investors are all sitting around waiting for the cops to search and they're really they're angry that they called the cops. So I guess that's your answer. They must have thought to call the cops because uh, now they're screwed yeah. and Oscar is going crazy. He thinks he must have found something but it turns out it's just a bra. Larry says I guess he's a good bra sniffing dog not necessarily a corpse sniffing dog.
0: Yeah. Michael York by the way has a funny line here. He says when he sees the bra he says does it come with the body. <laughs>
2: Hello. Yeah. No, we heard no. you. We heard we, you. We we yeah, spent the on These line.
0: long gaps in between everybody talking.
2: No, that's that's good. That's what podcasts are about. Yeah, that's good. Long, long awkward again. pauses where people just shut off the show.
1: That's what we could that we could fill in uh, ad spots later in this.
2: Listen, this is not, listen. You guys got to carry this. I'm just I'm just the guest. I'm just here to you know. This is a 32
0: fans episode, Akiva. Oh shoot.
2: <laughs> Sorry, guys.
0: <laughs>
1: Did you forget about that?
2: Nah, no, uh, sort of. Um, yeah. What's going on? Av? What what happens next?
1: So we, uh, we find ourselves in a little bit of a good news, bad news situation. The bad news is it's going to take three to four weeks to fix everything back up. The good news is now we have plenty of time to install the splash guards for the urinals. So yeah. Larry is overall pleased. Yeah, And as Larry said last episode, it's only money. Who cares? <laughs> Which is a great attitude to exactly. tell your partner. It's just
0: money. Yeah. yeah. Well, they needed to dig up the electric, the gas, and the plumbing to remove a couple of tiles. You know, yeah. As someone who just did renovations of my house, I question that. Like, They had electric gas and plumbing all in that exact spot.
2: Very inefficient, but listen—it's not the police's money, so why not just destroy the yeah, place? I guess
0: that's true. Yeah, and the contractor—he seems to be happy to have uh, more business. So, mm-hmm. it
2: is weird that there's two season-long storylines of like just making restaurants.
1: So Larry steps back outside the restaurant, and Jeff walks over to him, and he's beside himself because Sammy chose the dog over him. He wonders where, where uh, Oscar even is. Larry says, they took him over to your house. Jeff says, my house? It's his house. I'm at the W. Larry uh, catches him up on what's happened. He says, well, actually, it turns out that all he found was a bra. And Jeff now completely loses it because, you know, everything in his life is just, you know, his, the restaurant is going to be delayed. He still has no place to live. This is just all a disaster all caused by this dog. So I think it's now later that day and the next day, and Larry goes over to Jeff's house to have a heart-to-heart with Sammy, who is seems to be home alone for some reason. but Yeah, we'll, Susie uh, oh.
0: has left her daughter alone. Uh, Sammy answers the door, and that's people in the house. By the way, this is why they need a nanny.
1: Yeah, I mean, they should have hired the nanny from hell. It's better than leaving your six-year-old home alone.
0: Yeah, I mean, the nanny from hell tried to kill Susie, so I'm not sure about her, but uh, just about any other nanny would do. I don't want to spoil my worst person, but I mean, Susie literally leaves her daughter alone for... Uh, how long was she alone for, by the way? It's long enough for for Sammy to have a long conversation with Larry, get drunk, right? So it's <laughs> it's a,
1: quite a while that Susie leaves her daughter alone without even checking in. Yeah. I mean, even best case scenario, she was going to get totally hopped up on grape juice. Yeah, true. And also grape juice would, uh, with
0: a five-year-old that would spill all over the place. Your kitchen would come back a disaster.
1: Yeah. So she, uh, she invites Larry in, offers him some grape juice, as one does. Uh, Mm -hmm. But he sees a bottle of wine and decides to opt for that instead. Uh, He smells the cork, he gargles it, and he declares that the wine is too fruity and a tad on the oaky side, which he explains to Sammy means it tastes a little bit like a tree. Yeah, not bad. He he tells Sammy, you know, why don't you choose a different animal? There's all sorts of animals you can choose, maybe a cat or a rabbit, a pony, a turtle, a hamster can be fun to torture. (laughs) But... She all she wants is Oscar. She's not interested in other animals. Yeah. Um, Larry gets uh, distracted. He sees the dog whistle and he's trying to figure out how to use it and he's playing around with it a little bit. And while he's not looking, his glasses get switched and Sammy picks up the glass of wine. Yeah, and... Much like
0: when they do this on Seinfeld, by the way, uh, when Elaine is dating the man who's fallen off the wagon, it's sort of very clunky how they like. It's very obvious when Larry puts the cup down exactly what's about to happen. Yeah which is the same thing that happens with Jerry on Seinfeld. And by the way, Sammy, like, I, you know, you guys have both had kids this age. Like, five-year-olds, like, grape juice is my kid's favorite drink. They will guzzle that in a second. But Sammy drinks this entire uh, glass of wine in one quick gulp. Like, my kids would never do that. When they take a sip of my wine, they're grossed out. Like, there's no way they're finishing the cup.
2: And even if they like it, they would be, like, in sips. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be, like, spurts. It yeah, but be
0: Sammy like completely, like, like, you know, guzzles this thing as if she's, like, in a fraternity party.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Which which she
0: she
1: was. Yeah, Yeah, so we get a little bit of a time lapse, and Larry is still trying to convince Sammy, who is now clearly drunk, Yeah, and she she gives in, and she agrees that, fine, I prefer to have my dad to the dog. And Larry's very excited.
0: And he he interprets this as permission to literally steal the dog. So his plan was to come there, convince Susie, uh, convince Sammy, And then take her dog, uh, which is literally what happens. And so, you know, obviously it's pretty bad for Larry. But again, Susie's gone this whole time and allows this to happen. So, I don't know. I'm not – I just – as Larry walks out of the house, I'm thinking, like, how does Larry think this is going to end well? Yeah, Larry doesn't generally think that far ahead. Yeah, forgetting about getting Sammy drunk, just taking the dog from Susie. Like, Susie gets mad when you take, like, a doll – Right. Or a doll's head or whatever, let alone a dog.
1: Yeah. This is really the exact same plot as that, like down to like her being waiting outside for him. Sammy
0: is hysterical. (laughs) Crying.
1: Exactly. Uh, So Larry's uh, driving with Oscar. He calls Jeff and says, I spoke to Sammy. She's fine with it. You're free to go home now. I'm taking Oscar over to the Brody's. So we arrive at the Brody's, and Susan opens the door. He introduces her to Oscar. She's still angry from the other night that Larry didn't properly thank her, and she says she's going to wait for for a thank you. Larry says, well, then you will have to continue to wait if it's a thank you you are waiting for, since you are not the one who paid for dinner, and you haven't worked a day in your life.
0: Yeah. How does Larry, like Larry says, you haven't worked a day since you got out of college. How does he know the intimate details of her CV?
1: Well, you know, if she literally has never worked, that just might be something you know if you're friends with someone. Okay, I don't know. (laughs) She says, um, "You'll get your. I'll after I get my thank you, then I'll take a look at the dog." Mm-hmm. Um, which also, like, her, her position here doesn't really make sense because, like, he's offering them a favor. Like, they're, they're getting a free dog. It's not like she yeah. he needs to, like, owe him something in order she to get this.
0: She considers it a favor. Yeah, it's a favor to favorite. even
1: consider the dog that yeah. he's brought over. Yeah. Um, but before she has a chance, the kids run to the front door. They see the dog. They're excited. Uh, they love him. And she has no choice. And Larry just says, enjoy, and walks away. So, as we said, he gets back home, and who's waiting for him outside? It's Susie Green, and she is furious. Sammy got drunk. uh,
0: The pissed-off Susie music.
1: Yeah. She's slurring her words. She's bumping into things. She stinks (laughs) like a fucking wino. And Larry realizes what must have happened, the old switcheroo. Yeah.
0: He thought she just had a speech about (laughs) it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) She can't believe you got her liquored up, so you can trick her into stealing the dog. Sammy is hysterical, and Susie demands that Larry go get the dog back. Would you leave your kids ever with Larry? Like, really Susie's the
2: worst person of the week just because she let Larry basically. It's you know, it's insane. You know,
0: it's in, You're yeah. absolutely. Right. It's completely insane. She's the worst mother. Right.
2: Ever. Yeah. I mean, listen. Larry is. He's not going to do anything untoward, but he's going to teach them ten thousand things that they should never know, and he's just going to get into too much hijinks. Like, encourages her just
0: to torture t- an animal. Also, he's like, get yeah, a hamster yeah. so you can torture. <laughs> her.
2: It's insane. It's insane. <laughs>
0: By the way, she's a terrible mother, Susie. She's also a terrible wife because, like, does she want to get back with Jeff or not? Because she's making no effort to get rid of this dog, knowing that if the dog doesn't leave, Jeff has to go back to the W. And she's yeah,
2: totally I mean, minded. she's at best indifferent towards Jeff, who you so. know who's cheating on her basically the whole the whole
1: series. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she she is pregnant now, apparently. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I don't know if that's canon. That just yeah. Well, lying, we so.
1: we never we never uh, realized the fruits of the this pregnancy, but yeah, we'll have to track that. Yeah, we'll have to figure out if uh, at what point this uh, pregnancy goes away. So he heads back to the Brodies. Susan opens the door, and Larry first tries to butter her up. He says, you know, I I now realize I was wrong, and thank you so much for dinner. And she praises his willingness to own up to his mistake, and everything seems hunky-dory. He then proceeds to tell her, actually, I'm going to need that dog back. It turns out the little girl who told me I could have the dog, unbeknownst to me, she was quite drunk at the time.
0: And it's literally the exact same scene as you said. As yes, the it's the exact
1: same scene as the doll. Yeah,
0: yeah. Except this, I this is probably my favorite scene of the episode. Just uh, I like the way I like how he uh, facetiously apologizes, but how she buys it, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, and then of course yeah. I like his uh, baller move with the whistle at the end of the scene.
1: Yeah, she should. She like as soon as he shows back up and starts apologizing, she should know that he wants something from her. Specifically, you know, she should know that he probably wants the dog back. Cause like, what yeah, else? Would how he how
0: he do want? you not know, Larry David?
1: <laughs> yeah, like he was just here twenty minutes ago and didn't apologize. But yeah. Um, So she realizes that's why he's here. The apology was BS and says, nope, you're not getting the dog back. I suggest you tell this little girl to go have another drink. (laughs) Yeah, that was a great line. That was my favorite line in the movie, uh, of the the episode. He says, well, then I'm taking back my thank you. And she says, you mean the thank you you never actually gave? Um, Larry starts acting a little downtrodden, starts walking away. But then in a surprise twist, he pulls out the dog whistle, summons Oscar and whisks him away to the car.
2: I think in a modern curve, this would have been a much goofier scene. Well, first of all, I think the bra would have been involved. He would, Larry would have like whipped at a bra, and then and then the dog would have chased after the the bra. Oh,
1: that's good. Like
2: that doesn't really come into play yeah, anymore. Yeah, you gotta that, that, that bra back. Bra sniffing yeah. dog. The whistle is is like okay. I don't even know if you need the whistle in the episode. It could
0: have been Meredith's bra. We know from the office that Meredith, uh, you know, frequently removes articles of clothing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I think I think this was too straightforward for a curve episode. Now there would be three twists to this. The bra would definitely be involved, though. Yeah, and also like she's chasing after, and then she just like completely gives up. She could have definitely caught Larry.
1: Yeah, well, you don't want to mess with a guy who has a German Shepherd on his side. I was That's once true. chased by a German sure. Shepherd, and it was extremely scary. Yeah, that probably would be scary.
0: You mean like in 1944 in Germany, or like what were no. the contexts?
1: No, it was in like 1995 in the Catskills. Oh, okay. And there, I was in a bungalow colony, and there was a German shepherd just, like, roaming around that somehow got loose from somewhere. And it was just, like, running around chasing <laughs> kids. And everyone was terrified because we were all small kids being chased by a dog that was larger than us. By the way, is yeah. this
0: the end of the episode? Have we finished uh, the no, episode? No,
1: al- we're almost there. Oh, okay. Um, so Larry is driving back with Oscar. He rides oh, at yes, Jeff's so house. So. As he's returning home, he starts walking towards him with Oscar. And we hear Jeff say what's going on And the curb ending music starts to play And we get this very unusual overhead shot uh, As the episode yeah. ends Of Jeff being told Oscar's back And he slowly walks to the house To retrieve his stuff Puts it back into his car And heads back to the W Hotel And our episode ends right there Yeah Yeah <laughs>
0: not the strongest episode it's it's a little bit slow as akiva says it doesn't make the most sense i give it pretty 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 good so i say two and a half pretties for me uh, akiva is our guest uh, from one to five pretties how would you rate this episode
1: i think
2: it's a a pretty pretty good episode just two for akiva mm-hmm. okay now what
1: about you yeah i'll go a little bit higher i will say pretty 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 good three out of five basically right down the middle for me um, I think we covered the reasons why the storylines don't really make complete sense, but I think there were still a, enough laughs, and I did like the, the very end. I really liked that way, that stylistic choice with the overhead shot. It was kind of very similar to the end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's a little bit me- of a menacing look <laughs> around the corner. <laughs> okay. Uh, Av, who is your come-with guy? My come-with little girl is Sammy Green um, for choosing a dog over her father, which is hilarious, <laughs> and playing a very hilarious little drunk girl. Uh, Keith, who is your come-with guy? I think my come-with guy is
2: Susie. I think, yeah, I think Susie just, you know, not caring if, uh, if Jeff lives in the house anymore, and some er- classic early Susie rants is, you know, real screaming from Susie in this episode. She's my come-with guy.
0: All right. So I'm going to keep it in the family. Uh, I think Av have uh, just chose the youngest ever uh, come with Gal in Sammy. I'm going to choose the first canine come with guy. It's uh, Oscar. It's nice to be affectionate to something German. You don't get the opportunity to do so very often. Uh, Oscar is clearly a hell of a dog. He sniffs bras. He sniffs corpses. He's more beloved than Jeff. So Oscar's a great, a great dog. He's a good boy. And he is my come with guy.
1: Ah, who is your worst person? Um, well, I think we're all going to be on the same page here. I think Susie's got to be the worst person. Um, she's completely wrong in what happened, and she blames it all on Larry. Um, and she's you know she's wrong to begin with for not getting rid of this dog. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna reconcile with your husband, then you know let him live in the house.
0: Hmm. Keith,
2: what about you? um yeah to me it is um what's her name the the lady he steals the dog from
0: yeah susan Browdy.
2: susan sorry i was like susie no it can't be susie. yeah Yes, yeah, yeah, susan. susan she sucks the browdies uh, were
1: nominated last time that they uh showed up on Chrome, yeah
2: she's so. a she's a straight zero and sh- there's yeah. more of her than him in this episode so she got goes
1: we have a susan and we have a susie no sharon,
0: sharon. yeah what are we, a
1: bulimic from a Long Island? Uh, I'm actually going to go with
0: uh, Larry David. Uh, Larry gets a child drunk and steals her dog. Uh, he's also uh, an incredible asshole to Susan Browdy, as obnoxious as she may be. So I'm actually going to say that uh, that LD takes uh, the award on his own show today. We, uh, I, I don't think we really have any uh, big celebrities on this episode. The bald chef is played by Ian Gomez, who at the time was Nia Vardalos' husband. Oh. <laughs> So, I do like it's a little bit life imitating art because uh, Nia Vardalos and her husband both worked for Larry David uh, on Curb, and now they've both worked
1: for Larry David um, on Curb in real life as well. Oh, so, now we need, we need, maybe we need to start tracking how many real life married couples have appeared on Curb.
0: But uh, do they appear on Curb like Mary and Ted a- in their marriedness, or are they no, no, no. totally separate? Well, we, we
1: could have two different is. lists, but I was saying that real life married couples that appear on Curb at different times, interesting. Whether
0: yeah. together or not. Yeah. But they have to have both been married during the time that they both appeared at Curb in order to qualify, I assume, right? Sure. Yeah. And then we also have Meredith from the office, of course, as a cop, but I don't know if she counts as a celebrity either.
1: Extremely famous. More famous than Shaq.
0: In some circles, perhaps, she is.
1: All right. uh, Av, uh, is it time for the Postman? Uh, Postman! Postman, Uh, come here. here Tell the neighborhood. Postman, Postman, tell the neighborhood. We have one email this week. Oh, a record low. Lack of record low. I didn't know the key was here, or the mailbag would have been flowing. Yeah, that's true. Maybe we should have uh, promoted the episode more. Um, From Olin Allen, he says Firstly, I will quickly move on from discussing how money is assigned in a single earner family household before I become the villain of the week myself. (laughs) Seeing that this episode is directed by legendary TV comedy director Andy Ackerman, who now Nominated the directing for Seinfeld from Mm -hmm. season five on. His previous curb episode was Interior Decorator, which I had similar problems, but overall, this was a better episode, some wonderful individual moments, but just didn't really have any flow to it. He loved seeing Larry so affectionate with the dog, to the Western baddie music moment with Susie and drunk Sammy, who did eerily look like Susie while drunk acting. Also, (laughs) combined with some previous middle of the road Richard Lewis episodes and a great showing from Jeff here, this might be the start of the upward curve for being into Jeff over Richard. Finally, how did Jeff, the absentee father who doesn't seem to ever show much care, thoughtfulness, or fondness for his daughter, expect himself to ever be chosen above Oscar and Sammy's affections? Yeah, that's fair. You know, he's kind of not been around, and Oscar's been present.
0: Yeah, Jeff's a bad father, and as we said, Oscar's a good boy. So,
1: Yes. Um, for the come-with guy, he chooses Larry, misguided at times, but he does his bit for all the greens, looks for to help Jeff out with the situation, misguidedly feels he has broken through to Sammy and genuinely convinced to give up Oscar – and on realizing mistake, ensuring Oscar was rightly given back, all while getting on great with Oscar himself and giving him affection and a fun time together. Yeah.
0: Now, Olin, I hope you're excited by that, because Larry's going to get even more excited by Oscar in uh, the next episode. Yes. Or is it two episodes from now?
1: Yeah, it'll happen. Uh, for the villain of the week, he says, Susie, leaving her seven-year-old child alone at home to answer the door for Eddie herself, wouldn't have been so bad if Oscar was on guard, but eventually, evidently it was nap time for him, so he wasn't being an alert guard dog. He gives it three pretty goods out of five yeah by the way, totally
0: seriously, child protective services should get involved here because when you leave your five year old at home long enough to be uh you know have her dog stolen and get drunk uh the parents are responsible so uh Susie, I'm surprised she's not madder at Larry because she could have not just lost her dog but literally lost her child as well
1: to uh take it to a dark place yeah this was almost this was almost a very special episode of Curb Enthusiasm. yeah <laughs>
0: All right, Ab, next week we have – so, you know, we, we were a little bit up and down with this episode. Uh, our listeners didn't even uh, bother sending some emails uh, for our special guest. Next week we'll have another special guest. Next week is Crazy Eyes Killa. Yeah, uh, Wanda's fiancé, uh, Crazy Eyes Killa. He will uh, trust Larry. Larry is his N-word. Uh, he is Larry's Caucasian. Uh, he will lend Larry a jacket that Larry needs for the Scorsese film, which disappeared this week, but we'll be back next week. Next week's episode, Crazy Eyes Killa, is the first episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm that I ever saw. I saw it. I guess November of 2002 uh, when it came out, and the person who introduced me to the show I think will be a guest on our podcast next week. Uh, Akiva, it's not you. This was a one-week visit for you. Who is it? Well, you'll have to tune in next week to find out. Oh, I can't wait! It's somebody that Av and I both knew before we knew you. Okay. Yeah, Uh, Akiva, what are we doing next week on 32 Fans?
2: I don't know. Well, this is this week. we're, We're starting 32 Fans in 32 days, unless they postpone the football season. We're getting into football mode.
0: Yeah. We will be within 32 days of the start of the NFL season, so I think uh, it's time to start previewing the NFL. Uh, Will we have Av back for the Jets?
2: Uh, Yeah, by the time we get to the Jets, the season's still going, sure.
0: As much sports as we have going on right now, we have uh, basketball playoffs starting next week. Uh, We might preview that. And we have, obviously, uh, baseball in full swing until it's uh, all grinds to a halt. We have hockey playoffs in full swing. But, uh, yeah, football season is ostensibly coming, and even though I don't really believe it's going to come on time, you know, this podcast, 32 Fans, was created for the purpose of previewing the 32 teams in 32 days. And, uh, you know, we will start, as we always do, with the shitty teams, but eventually we will get to the better teams, uh, some of whom are even pretty, 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 pretty good.
1: Kiva, uh, can we, we'll, uh, we consider uh pretty pretty good to be put in the fishbowl for season three, episode seven? Now that we've reached that limit, can
2: we put this podcast in the fishbowl? And we'll we'll listen Correct. to this podcast and talk about it on Renat? and comment yeah. on it. I'll I'll I'll, exactly. I'll pitch it this week. I think it's a great idea. <laughs>
1: All mm-hmm. right, great. Yeah, it's a I winner.
2: Think so too. Now I'm just so tired. I was like falling asleep during this.